Welcome to Golden Gems with Dave Sean, Bill Hansen. We review each week the career and personal life of one of the great unforgettable artists of the golden days of radio. So please join us on a trip down memory lane as we take a look at today's artist. Then go to our website, www.goldengems.net, where we also look at more of their career and play some of their most unforgettable great hits, which we are unable to share on the podcast. We invite you to join us there also. But for now, sit back and relax as we talk about the life of today's unforgettable artist of the golden days of radio. Welcome back to our podcast, Golden Gems. This is Dave and Bill. And we are featuring today the personal life and career of the incomparable Celine Dion. We've played her music and told a lot about her career on our webcast, goldengems.net. So if you haven't done so, be sure to go there. But today we'll talk a little bit more about her incredible life and her career. Celine Marie Claudette Dion was born on March 30, 1968, in Charlemagne, Quebec, 24 kilometers, that's 15 miles, northeast of Montreal, the youngest of 14 children of Therese, a homemaker, and Ademar Dion, a butcher, both of French descent. She was raised a Roman Catholic in a poor, but by her own account, happy home in Charlemagne. Music had always been a major part of the Dion family, and she was named after the song Céline, which French singer Hugues Offray had recorded two years before her birth. On August 13, 1973, she made her first public appearance at her brother Michael's wedding, where she performed Christine Charbonnet's song Du Fait de Augustin et du Coton. She continued to perform with her siblings in her parents' small piano bar called Le Vieux Barril, The Old Barrel. She suffered a number of accidents as a young child, including an incident at five years old when she was struck by a car as her father and brother Clement looked on. She was hospitalized briefly with a concussion. From an early age, she dreamed of being a performer. In a 1994 interview with People, she recalled, I missed my family and my home, but I re don't regret having lost my adolescence. I had one dream. I wanted to be a singer. As a child in Quebec, Dion participated in Girl Guide programs as a member of Girl Guides of Canada. At age 12, she collaborated with her mother and her brother Jacques to write and compose her first song, It Was Only a Dream. Michael sent the recording to music manager René Angelil, whose name he discovered on the back of Jeanette Renault's album. Angelil was moved to tears by Dion's voice and decided to make her a star. In 1981, he mortgaged his home to fund her first record, La Vaux de Bondeuse, which later became a local number one hit 
and made her an instant star in Quebec. Her popularity spread to other parts of the world when she competed in the 1982 Yamaha World Popular Song Festival in Tokyo and won the Musician's Award for Top Performer, as well as a gold medal for Best Song with Telemann J'ai de Mort pour toi. By 1993, in addition to becoming the first Canadian artist to receive a gold record in France for the single D'Amour, ou Venti, of Love or a Friendship, Dion also won several Felix Awards, including Best Female Performer and Discovery of the Year. At age 18, after seeing a Michael Jackson performance, Dion told Angelil she wanted to be a star like Jackson. Though confident in her talent, Angelil realized her image needed to be changed for her to be marketed worldwide. She receded from the spotlight for a number of months, during which she underwent dental surgery to improve her appearance, and was sent to École Berlitz in 1989 to improve her English. In 1989, during a concert on the Incognito Tournée, she injured her voice. She consulted the otorhinolaryngologist, William Gold, who gave her an ultimatum have immediate surgery on her vocal cords, or do not utilize them at all for three weeks. Dion chose the latter and underwent vocal training with William Riley. Two years after she learned English, Dion made her debut into the Anglophone market with Unison, 1990. The lead single, having originally been recorded by English singer Junior in 1983, and later Laura Branigan. She incorporated the help of producers including Vito Luprano and David Foster. The album was largely influenced by 1980 soft rock music and quickly found a niche within the adult contemporary radio format. Unison also hit the right notes with critics. Jim Farber of Entertainment Weekly wrote her vocals were tastefully unadorned and she never attempted to bring off styles that are beyond her. Stephen Thomas Erlewine, of all music, declared it a fine, sophisticated American debut. Singles from the album included If There Was Any Other Way, The Last to Know, Unison, and Where Does My Heart Beat Now, and mid-tempo soft rock ballad made prominent use of the electric guitar. The latter became her first top ten hit on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number four. In 1991, Dion was a featured soloist on Voices That Care, a tribute to American troops fighting in Operation Desert Storm. Her real international breakthrough came when she duetted with Peebo Bryson the title track to Disney's animated film Beauty and the Beast in 1991. It became her first top ten hit in the UK and her second top ten hit in the United States. The song earned its songwriters as Academy Award for Best Song and gave Dion her first Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a duo or group with vocal. Beauty and the Beast served as the lead single for her 1992 self-titled album, which, like her debut, had a strong pop rock influence combined with the element of soul 
and classic music. Owing to the success of the lead-off single and her collaborations with David Foster and Diane Warren, the album was even more well-received commercially than Unison. It was certified diamond in Canada and double platinum in the U.S. The album's second single, If You Ask Me To, a cover of Patti LaBelle's song from the 1989 movie License to Kill, became her first number one single in Canada and peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. By 1992, Unison, Celine Dion, and numerous high-profile media appearances had propelled Dion to stardom in North America. She had achieved one of her main objectives, wedging her way into the Aglophone market and achieving fame. However, while she was experiencing rising success in the U.S., her French fans in Canada criticized her for neglecting them. She would later rebuff these criticisms at the 1991 Felix Award show, where, after winning English Artist of the Year, she openly declined the award. She asserted that she was and would always be a French, not an English artist. Indeed, to this day, she speaks English with a noticeable Quebec French accent. In 1993, Dion announced her feelings for her manager by declaring him the color of her life. In the dedication section of her third English language album, The Color of My Love. However, instead of criticizing their relationships as she'd feared, fans embraced the couple. Eventually, Agilil and Dion married in an extravagant wedding ceremony on December 17, 1994, which was broadcast live on Canadian television. As with most of her catalog, The Color of My Love had overriding themes of love and romance. It became her most successful record up to that point, selling more than 6 million copies in the U.S., 2 million in Canada, and peaking at number one in many countries. The single When I Fall in Love, a duet with Clive Griffin, achieved moderate success on the U.S. and Canadian charts and was nominated for two Grammy Awards, winning one. The Color of My Love also became Dion's first major hit in Europe, particularly in the United Kingdom. During the mid-1990s and onward, Dion's albums were generally constructed constructed on the basis of melodramatic soft rock ballads with sprinklings of up-tempo pop and rare forays into other genres. She collaborated with writers and producers such as Jim Steinman and David Foster, who helped her to develop a signature sound. While critical reviews fluctuated, her releases perform increasingly well on the international charts. And in 1996, she won the World Music Award for the world's best-selling female recording artist of the year for the third time. By the mid-1990s, she had established herself as one of the best-selling artists in the world. In the five years since her debut, English-language album in 1990, Billboard stated, she had already sold 40 million albums worldwide. Falling Into You, 1996, Dion's fourth English-language album, presented Dion at the height of her popularity 
and showed a further progression of her music. In an attempt to reach a wider audience, the album combined many elements, such as complex orchestral sounds, African chanting, and elaborate musical effects. Additionally, instruments like the violin, Spanish guitar, trombone, and cavaquino, and saxophone created a new sound. The singles encompassed a variety of musical styles. Critics such as Chuck Eddy of Entertainment Weekly, Stephen Thomas Earlwine, and Daniel Dirkholz lavished the album as compelling, passionate, stylish, elegant, and remarkably well-crafted. Falling Into You became Dion's most critically and commercially successful album, topping the charts in many countries and becoming one of the best-selling albums of all time. And for Celine Dion, the golden days of radio just keep on being golden. She recorded hit after hit and went on tour after tour, as well as completely changing the face of Las Vegas with a never-to-be-matched run at Caesars Palace. All of these she continued until she announced an incurable disease in 2022. Much of her cultural honors, in 1999, Dion received a star on the Canada's Walk of Fame and was inducted into the Canadian Broadcast Hall of Fame. She received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in January 2004, one which she dedicated to her father, who had died the month prior. In May 2003, she placed at number 10 on the VH1's list of 50 greatest women of the video era. Dion's album, Falling Into You, is included on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's definitive 200 list. My Heart Will Go On was included in the list of Songs of the Century by the Recording Industry Association of America and the National Endowment for the Arts. In 2021, Dion was ranked by Forbes as the third richest woman in entertainment with an estimated worth of, in U.S. dollars, $460 million. On August 2008, she received an honorary doctorate in music from the Université Laval in Quebec City. On July 26, 2013, she was awarded the highest rank of the Order of Canada, the Companion of the Order of Canada by the Governor-General of Canada, and the investiture ceremony was held at Citadel of Quebec, in which they said, an incomparable artist. She is equally known for her compassion, generosity, and commitment to a number of social and humanitarian and honorary causes. She is an honorary patron of CHU St. Justine. In addition, throughout her foundation, she also helps children in need and their families here in Canada and abroad. By the end of 1998, Dion was recognized by Billboard as the Woman of the Year. They also stated how Celine's voice was featured in eight charting albums on Billboard's 200 year-end chart which sold 18 million units during a calendar year, excluding her own catalog sales and recent releases at that time. A little bit about her personal life. As the youngest of 14 children, 
Dion grew up wearing hand-me-downs and sharing a bed with several sisters. As a baby, she slept in a drawer to save on a crib. She was bullied at school and called vampire, owing to her teeth and skinny frame. Local tabloids even dubbed her Canine Dion in the teenage years of her career. She often spoke of running home from school to play music in the basement with her brothers and sisters. I detested school, she would later write in her autobiography. I had always lived surrounded by adults and children a lot older than me. I learned everything I needed to know from them. As far as I was concerned, real life existed around them. Dion's eldest sister was already in her 20s, married and pregnant with her first child at the time Dion's mother, Therese, was pregnant with Celine. After the dissolution of Angela's second marriage, he and Dion took a professional break and he spent the major part of the year in Las Vegas while Dion was learning English and taking dance and vocal lessons in Montreal. Upon his return, he avoided being alone with me for too long a time, she said in her 2000 autobiography, My Story, My Dream. Meanwhile, she kept a photo of Angelil under her pillow writing, Before I fell asleep, I slipped it under the pillow out of fear that my mother, who always shared a room with me, would find it. She also wrote less and less could I hide from myself the fact that I was in love with Renee. I had all the symptoms, and I was in love with a man I couldn't love, who didn't want me to love him, who didn't want to love me. Dion's mother, who traveled everywhere with her until she was 19, was initially wary of her growing infatuation with a much older and twice-divorced Angelil. But Dion was insistent, telling her mother, I'm not a minor. This is a free country. No one has the right to prevent me from loving whoever I want to. Their professional relationship eventually turned romantic after Dion's win at the Eurovision Song Contest in Dublin in 1988. She was 20. The romance was known to only family and friends for five years. Though Dion nearly revealed all in a tearful 1992 interview with journalist Lisa Payette. Many years later, Payette penned the song Je Cherai L'Ombre for Dion's 2007 album, Dielus. Dion and Angelil became engaged on March 30, 1993, which was Dion's 25th birthday, and made their relationship public in the liner notes of her 1993 album, The Color of My Love. They married on December 17, 1994, at Notre Dame Basilica in Montreal, in Quebec. On January 5, 2000, Dion and Jalil re renewed their wedding vows in Las Vegas. In May 2000, Dion had two small operations at a fertility clinic in New York to improve her chances of conceiving. After deciding to use in vitro fertilization because of years of failed attempts to conceive, their first son, René Charles Angelil, was born on January 25, 2001. Dion suffered a miscarriage in 2009. In May of 2010, Angelil announced that she was 14 weeks pregnant with twins. After a sixth treatment, 
of the vitro and fertilization. On Saturday, October 23rd, 2010, at 11.11 and 11.12 respectively, Dion gave birth to fraternal twins by cesarean section at St. Mary's Medical Center in West Palm Beach, Florida. The twins were named Eddie, after Dion's favorite French songwriter, Eddie Marnay, who had also produced her first five albums, and Nelson, after former South African President Nelson Mandela. She appeared with her newborn sons on the cover of December 9th, 2010 issue of the Canadian edition of Hello Magazine. On January 14, 2016, Angelil died at 73 of throat cancer. His funeral was held on January 22, 2016 in the Notre Dame Basilica in Montreal, where he and Dion had wed 21 years earlier. The couple's eldest son, René Charles, gave the eulogy just three days before his 15th birthday. Following Angelia's death, Dion became the sole owner and president of her management and production companies, including CDA Productions and Les Productions Feelings. Dion took up ballet under the guidance of her former dancer, Naomi Seikman, who also previously performed for the National Ballet of Canada and La 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 Human Steps and former Cirque du Soleil dancer-turned-fashion illustrator Pepe Munoz, who was also part of her styling team. She is also a skier and a regular at her son Renee Charles hockey games. Dion resides in Henderson, Nevada, in a house she bought with her husband in 2003. She previously owned homes in Montreal, Quebec, and Jupiter Island, Florida. In December 2022, Dion disclosed that she had been diagnosed with stiff person syndrome, a neurological disorder affecting her muscles. Well, it's been our pleasure today to review the life of Celine Dion and what a great entertainer she is. This is Dave and Bill inviting you to go to goldengems.net and listen to the webcast on Celine Dion and listen to some of her amazing music. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you're having as much enjoyment as we are, reliving some of the unforgettable memories of the golden days of radio. To learn more about the career of today's artists and listen to several of their greatest hits, we invite you to go to our website, www.goldengems.net. May we also encourage you to tell your friends about the show. We'd love to have them join us in these little trips down memory lane. And as always, we invite your feedback or comments on goldengemsradio at gmail.com. So until next episode, this is Dave and Bill heading back into the archives to dust off some more unforgettable memories to share with you on Golden Gems. <laughs>